0: Welcome to DealCast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by MergerMarket and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham. In this episode, we're looking at the surge in take private activity. I'm joined by Mark Andres, San Francisco Editor for Merger Market. Hi, Mark.
1: Hello, Juliana.
0: So can you begin by telling me about the blockbuster deal that was recently announced?
1: Yes. On... Monday, the 26th of April, Toma Bravo took Proofpoint private in a $12.3 billion deal. Now, Proofpoint is a, an email cybersecurity business. Uh, it's the biggest take private transaction that we've seen in almost two years here in the United States. And uh, it signifies an increase in take private activity. Uh, we are now Just a third of the way into 2021, we have already seen private equity firms take 18 public companies private in a combined $48.1 billion worth of deals. And that's on pace to beat 2019, when we saw 34 deals totaling $91.4 billion. And 2019 was, in fact, the best year that we have had since all the mega buyouts we last saw in 20 in 2007 uh, during the the golden age of uh, private equity
0: so so what's prompted this trend is it a combination of post pandemic pent up demand coupled with the the record levels of dry powder that we know private equity have been sitting on
1: yes i think i think you ne- you hit the nail on the head there it is there is a lot of uh, dry powder a lot a lot of money that private equity wants to put to use um, now we're we're in a interest a rising interest rate environment, which means that investors are now looking at uh, floating rate assets, and so they're moving out of the high yield bond market into leveraged loans, and the the syndicated loan market is is really it's it's red hot right now. So private equity syndicates have have very little trouble in getting syndication. Um, uh, and, you know, there is a sort of, a, you know, to an extent, there's a, a real appetite to put money to work, but perhaps not that many opportunities. So, so that's driving up uh, interest and, and, uh, and maybe some valuations as well.
0: So are private equity groups competing with public companies or, or corporate buyers for technology companies? It's obviously one of the hottest sectors that we've seen in the last few years.
1: Um, yeah. So what, what private equity is looking at is, is um, you know, everything is driven by software these days. So so they they do they they're very much drawn to the software companies. And what they like is they they'll they'll either target a software and what we've seen over the last few years is that they'll target a software company that that is um, that perhaps that ha- perhaps has a legacy sort of business model where it's an on-premise. Um, business model. And what the software company likes to do is then transition that business to a cloud-based recurring revenue model. Um, And so that has been something that we've seen over the last five years or so. Now, more recently, we've, you know, we've seen public companies trying to do that transition themselves from a, from an on-premise software business to a cloud-based as-a-service business model. And where those companies have struggled you tend to see private equity coming in and pouncing, and so, for example, uh, we saw Talent in in December. Um, that was a, a that's a a data management business that was also taken private by uh, Tom Bravo. Um, and, and Talent itself was was on on. That pathway of of trying to transition you know it's about two years into its pathway of transitioning from a, an on-premise business to a cloud-based business but it had not been really delivering I don't think on that promise and so Tom Bravo saw an opportunity to come in and maybe accelerate that transition so that that's 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 the playbook is 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 transitioning to an to an, to an all cloud or a cloud first future I guess because everything's gone to the cloud now business applications now pretty much all run on the cloud um, and so that's what software what private equity firms are, are drawn towards
0: and going back to the proof point deal Tom Bravo is paying a hefty premium for that is that in line with their previous acquisitions and how does that compare to the strategy of other private equity groups
1: yeah um Tom of Bravo has been offering richer than than average premiums. Um, the average premium we've been seeing this year to date is is around 22%. But Pluma Bravo is consistently offering around 30% uh, premium to the previous day trading day's close, and the significance of that is I, I think Pluma Bravo wants to avoid any kind of a bidding war um, because typically these companies will they will go into a go shop period after. Agreeing a deal with Tomo Bravo, there'll be like a 45-day period in which they can seek competing offers, um, and and Tomo Bravo, by offering a rich premium around 30%, um, is is trying to evade or is trying to avoid any, you know, the, is trying to minimise the chances of that happening. The other thing it's trying to do is is trying to get share the selling shareholders on board as well. Um, to agree to the transaction. Now, in the case of PrePoint, they're offered a, a 32% premium to the previous trading day's close. Uh, in the, the case of Talend, it was a 29% premium. And in the case of RealPage, which is a, a real estate software company, that it, back in December, uh, that was a $10 billion deal, and they offered a 30.8% premium. So those bids, they're above, I think, the, the average... And certainly, we've seen we see other companies, um, you know, other private equity groups, perhaps not offering quite as rich a premiums, and then having to go back to sweeten the sweeten the deal a bit later. So Vista Equity is an example of that. They they uh, they put in an offer for IT training company Plural Site just a I think just 6.7% above the the prior day's close, and the selling shareholders weren't weren't happy with that. They voiced their displeasure. And Vista Equity had to come back and sweeten the deal before it, before they got it done.
0: So why is Proofpoint so appealing to Toma Bravo?
1: Well, first and foremost, it, it's a cybersecurity uh, company. And, and we have seen during the pandemic um, an accelerated need for cybersecurity, particularly with workforces working from home. And uh, there are so many more vulnerabilities in the, in the network now with people working from home and companies needing to secure all those different endpoints now. And so cybersecurity is now really front and center of, of I would say, uh, every company in, in, in the world has to think about that. And that's why, that's why you have a private equity firm like Toma Bravo, which already has made investments in the space. You know why? Why they are drawn to Proofpoint? Um, email is is still. A lot of people have talked about the demise of email, but it's still the the number one form of communication in in business, and so that isn't going away. And I think Tom Bravo recognizes that, and uh, wants a piece of that.
0: And so, cybersecurity, obviously, a very attractive sector. Who else is likely to be an acquisition target for private equity?
1: There's a couple of places to look. Firstly, um, look look at companies that are on this pathway from either a hardware, um, you know, either from hardware roots, and that are, are trying to transition to a software, cloud-first world. Or companies that have um, a, a more of a legacy software offering that's on-premise, and are trying to make that same transition to a cloud-first software as a service world. Any companies there that are struggling with that transition are prime targets. Now, for example, we've written on a couple of companies: um, Nutanix and Pure Storage. And Pure Storage, that they have a store, you know, storage hardware background. And Nutanix also has a hardware background, both of those are, have been acquiring companies in software as they try and transition. But if they if they uh, struggle in their performance, I think well we might see some private equity interest in those companies. A second place to look is at the uh, there is a cloud index of of companies. It's the, the Bessemer Venture Partners has a Nasdaq Emerging Cloud Index that includes 58 companies that have uh, that are primarily focused on cloud software and any of those companies that are trading below the median would would be potentially um, companies that private equity would be interested in. And the interesting thing is that ProofPoint was actually on that on that index and and they were trading below the median. Uh, other companies that were trading on that that were actually on that index include talent as well, another company that was taken private by T- Tom of Bravo recently. Companies on that list that are trading below the median are companies like Box or Dropbox, New Relic, Zuora, Yext, and Mimecast. Mimecast, in fact, is a direct competitor to Proofpoint. And so I think they for, will definitely be considering their, their options in light of the Proofpoint transaction. Uh, and if you look at those names, they all have lower growth rates and are trading at lower revenue multiples relative to the index's mean so I, I would expect private equity to, to take a, a really close hard look at those some of those names.
0: great well some good ones to keep an eye on. Thanks very much Mark. Uh,
1: thank you Juliana
0: that was Mark Andrus, San Francisco editor for Merger Market. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast, presented by Merger Market and c Intralinks. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or look out for your Merger Market News Alert. For more information, check out the show notes. Join us next week for another episode.